Hey there, and welcome back to my podcast about the recent hydraulic fracturing gas boom in West Virginia. My name is Ayat Carlson, and in this four-part podcast series, I am taking you on a journey to the county of Dartridge County, West Virginia, to explore the subject of horizontal hydraulic fracturing, sometimes called fracking, and to see how it's affected the residents' quality of life. In my first episode, I talked about what hydraulic fracturing is, its history, function, benefits, and potential harm it may cause. In short, modern hydraulic fracturing is a method of drilling horizontally for natural gas, a technology that's advanced a lot in the past decade and is mostly responsible for the surging U.S. oil and natural gas production in the past years. It is not without controversy though, as several scientists and residents alike have reported harmful effects of the practice. For more information on the science behind hydraulic fracturing and its effect on the county, state and country as a whole, scale back to episode 1 where I talked to a few specialists in the topic. In my last episode, I spoke with two residents, Lindia Ervelina and Miriana Beram, who are wholeheartedly against the hydraulic fracturing in their county. Once again, another big well pad sitting on a ridge. And, you know, here's a house. Here's, you know, air pollution. Where will it end up? Right down here. It was usually the air was so bad that we couldn't we shouldn't even be outside. After hearing their personal stories, I wanted to see if that was the consensus of all the residents in Dartridge County. So I decided to head into town. West Union, a small town and county seat of 825, located in central Dartridge County, it inhabits roughly 10% of this rural county's population, which has a population of 8,176, an increase of roughly 1,000 residents in the past 10 years. Before taking the turn off the I-50 highway, roughly an hour southwest of the West Virginia-Pennsylvania border, you can feel the presence of the industrial activity that so many residents are entwined with. On my left side, I see a massive ongoing construction of a Mark West gas processing plant, and just up the road, a newly built wastewater facility built for Antero resources. The highway itself and back roads are filled with large water trucks and other gas-related activity. The industry is certainly thriving here in Doddridge County. As I turn into West Union, trucks occasionally pass by, but it's relatively more quiet inside the charming town, isolated from the highway by trees all around. A gas boom in the beginning of the 20th century had a lot to do with the development of this town. The roads I'm driving on right now were actually paved with the help of the gas industry revenue. The same goes for many of the houses in town, including the large courthouse on top of the hill, towering over West Union. And just like the glass factories that made good use of the abundance of natural gas in the area, 
modern-day businesses in town have seen an influx in work and income since the county's recent gas boom began. I think a lot of the people that complain are the people that aren't reaping any kind of reward from it. That's Christina Trent. She owns an auto detail shop near the end of the town's river. In her open-door office, connected to a large garage, she's finishing an exchange with one of her customers, a truck driver. Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah. What's your truck number? 1134. Christina is born and raised in the county, owning the auto detail shop with her husband. She says that despite the recent influx of natural gas operations in the county, it's nothing new, as she remembers another gas boom here when she was really young. There you go, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Oil and gas and coal is West Virginia's bread and butter. That's, you know, West Virginia is a poor state. I mean, if it wasn't for the oil and gas and the coal industry, West Virginia doesn't have a whole lot here. Economy-wise, Christina has a point. If you look at the median household income, West Virginia has the third lowest one of all states, or $41,059. It suffered a $466 million state budget gap in 2017, a stark hike from the 2016's $353 million budget gap. In addition, coal is on the decline, according to the estimates of West Virginia University's Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Coal output statewide totaled about 80 million tons in 2016, compared to 158 tons in 2008. It is no wonder that the business owners and others look at horizontal hydraulic fracturing as an answer to their crisis. So, I mean, here, Everybody live, you know, we live, we don't have like a bunch of millionaires or billionaires, but there are people here that have money, but a lot of them trace back to years ago with the oil and gas, you know, that they've had the interest in it for years, but I, you see the good and the bad, and I think it'll come and go just like it did years ago. I mean, a lot of people complain about it, saying it's hurting our water and our and different things and you know they come here because of the quietness and the beautiful hills and mountains and but we still have that it's not like they're taking it all away you know and a lot of like I said my son works in that field and they have so many rules and regulations and hoops they have to jump through that it's not like me and you I know we're friends with someone who drives truck for a logging company and that logging company can go right through the creek bed and take their, their trees and different things and nothing said to them. But let an oil and gas company go through a creek without all their I's dotted and their T's crossed and there's guys going to be fired on the spot. There are strict regulations that the gas companies operating within the state have to follow. In my last episode, I spoke to Henry J. Harmon the deputy chief of the Office of Oil and Gas at the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection. With truck traffic, we, we a lot of times, you know, we're trying to deal with, um, you know, the axles may, may break on a truck and you've got grease and oil. We're trying to make sure that all of those contaminants um, can't make it to the waterways. In addition to safety. 
as I go back to Christina. I think they have some people have tunnel vision about it, but there's good and bad in everything there is out there. I mean, you're going to have the good points and you're going to have the bad points. Christina's auto shop is bustling with life on this sunny April afternoon. And as with business owner I spoke to earlier today downtown, she says it's had a positive impact on her revenue. I mean, our business has prospered. We have a campground here that oil and gas guys, you know, stay here. The, I know it's helped the businesses, the restaurants, our car wash, our laundromat. You know, like I said, we've got the, the campers here. I mean, it's helped our business. Um, so it's made our county grow. According to the U.S. Labor Statistic Bureau, when looking at all 50 counties in West Virginia, the rate of job creation was the highest in Dodgers County, or 2.1% between 2005 and 2015. The counties that are expected to have the fastest growth of jobs in the next few years are situated in areas where hydraulic fracturing is commonplace. That includes Dodgers, with over a percentage increase in the next four years. Christina believes the increased industrial activity is good for the economy, creating jobs and work, but at what cost? Since 2012, the number of traffic accidents in the county has more than doubled, according to the Dodgers County Sheriff's Office. So I decided to pay a visit to the county sheriff, residing a short walk away next to the courthouse up on the town's hill. After being greeted by his friendly staff of officers, I find myself inside Sheriff Michael Heatley's office. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about uh, what sort of tasks your police department uh, handles typically? Uh, well, how, how does it differ from, let's say, uh, a more urban area or other counties and states? Well, of course, we deal with all kinds of crime. We, you know, we have the drugs, we have the, the criminal aspect of it, the, the thievery, the stuff like that. But it's pretty quiet around here most of the time. I mean, we, we stay busy, especially with the oil and gas coming in. It's really increased the workload. I mean, you got all different kinds of people in here, out-of-staters, uh, foreigners. The, the, drug, the, the drug problem has increased since that's happened. But on a good note, the, uh, the money aspect of it has really provided us with a lot of new equipment as the tax base has went way up. And you know that's afforded us to get new equipment, new vehicles, new, new weapons, just and an addition of a couple of new officers. Hydraulic fracturing has created substantial revenue for West Virginia and Dodgers County in the past decade. According to the West Virginia State Treasurer, the state collects a severance tax from oil and gas companies, which is dedicated for the use and benefit of the counties and municipalities within West Virginia. It's distributed annually and 75% is distributed to the oil and gas producing counties. The remaining 25% are distributed to all counties of the state based on the population. In 2016, oil and gas property tax for the county was just over 20 million, the second highest total in the state after neighboring Wetzel County. Once again, constructions on pipelines, compressor stations, and other gas-related facilities generate a good amount of the property tax too. 
before this recent gas boom in the last 10 years, how was the area in terms of crime? And how do you feel it has changed? Uh, I'd say 10 years ago or before, it was it was quiet, calm. I mean, you would have your, like I say, you're gonna have your steel and you're gonna have your gasoline steel and you're gonna have your B&Es, you're gonna have stuff like that. The drug rate, it's always gonna be there. You know, it, it'll go up, it'll go down, but uh, right now it's at a pretty high rate. I mean, and I can't say that's because of the oil and gas or the drilling or whatever, but it seems that since those people are here, it has went up quite substantially. Even the accidents, the accidents have went, you know, the hit and runs, the, the crime rate, it's all went up, yes. With more traffic, residents, and industrial activity, more accidents are inevitable. According to the Sheriff's Department Crime Statistic Report from 2015, the number of accidents more than doubled between 2012 and 2015 from 96 to 186. Water trucks fatally crashing into cars and gas well explosions are among the rare but serious accidents that have followed the increased industrial activity in the past decade. An example of that is the Antero well pet explosion I talked about in my last podcast that killed two and injured several workers. In terms of traffic accidents, it was only two months ago, in October 2017, that a water truck crash killed a driver near between the West Salem exit and Tarklin Road, right here in the county. How has the police department adapted to all the gas activity in the state? Increase uh, in funding? or We've had an increase in funding. You know, we, we try to stay on the road as much as we can to uh, kind of slow down the crime rate. But it, it seems like you arrest two or three for the drug problem and you have 10 take their place. But, you know, we're working on it and it's just a, it's a process you got to go through. The number of citations given out by Sheriff Heatley and his men in the county went from 240 in 2012 to a whooping 1,339 citations in 2015. Obviously, with the increasing number of people living and working in the county and more manpower within the local police force, I would expect the crime rate to go up too. It is interesting to note though that According to at least one study from the year 2014, created by the Multi-State Shale Research Collaborative that surveyed communities in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and here in West Virginia that had ongoing drilling, found a substantial increase in crime, road death, and even STDs, despite relatively low increase in population. There seems to be a similar trend ongoing for the past few years here in Doddritz. Do you remember any specific examples of, for example, sabotaging or, or residents attempting to prevent gas extractions in the county? Oh, yeah, we've had a few of that. I mean... Any in particular that you remember? Nothing that really sticks in my mind. It's more of a, you know, it's their property. They don't want nobody on it, but they don't understand that the mineral rights doesn't go with the property. That's the main thing, you know. But yeah, I mean, it all works out. I mean, we've had a few civil cases that's went through the court system, but and I don't know what the outcome was, but I'm assuming that they're being drilled on. As I said in my last podcast, in West Virginia, a gas company can't drill under your property if you only have the surface right, but not rights to the natural gas below your surface. 
court battles in the past years haven't been favorable for residents fighting against gas companies drilling in the area. In one landmark court case in 2012, a Doddridge County surface owner, Matthew L. Hamblett, filed an appeal through the Doddridge County Circuit Court as the DEP had permitted the gas company EQT to drill under his property. The case sided with EQT, but he's not the only one as a mass litigation of more than 200 North Central West Virginia residents was filed against Antero Resources and Hall Drilling, including Mariana Barham and the Arvelinas who I spoke to in my last episode. The lawsuit is still pending and plaintiffs are constantly being added. The nuisance claims resolve around traffic, noise, odors and more stemming from the gas drilling in their vicinity. If the verdict sides with the residents, it could have widespread effect on future gas drillings nationwide. And it's not only health and environmental hazards that bother locals, but how the gas industry conducts itself in employment-related issues. Uh, do you sense a uh, friction between the out-of-state gas employees and the locals? Or an, a sort of animosity? Somewhat, yeah, just because, and, and I seem to agree with the locals that I, I believe that if they're drilling here, they ought to be hiring local people instead of bringing in the out-of-staters, the, even to a point to they're bringing in out-of-country people. You know, there's a lot of foreigners that are working here in the county. It's a bit tricky to fully answer whether gas company employees in the county are from West Virginia, out of the states, or even foreigners. These kind of employment records aren't disclosed publicly by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but I did find out that the big companies doing the work in the county, Antero Resources, Mark West, Hall Drilling, Dominion Energy, and EQT primarily, all boast that they hire local workers. After contacting their offices, I was unable to get those claims verified, but Mr. Harmon from the DEP tells me that the biggest difference lies in the area of employment. If I could venture a guess, which is a stab in the dark, I think that a lot of the people that are involved in the day-to-day -day operations of the companies are locals. Now, the people, I think, that are doing a lot of the more skilled labor are probably more contract-based. I'll go further into employment in my next episode, but for now I'm leaving the sheriff's office and heading across the I-50 highway for my next interview. Dr. Gregory Koons, better known as Principal Koons, is the commander-in-chief of the Lars building on top of a hill next to the I-50 highway, better known as Doddridge County High School, the home of the Bulldogs. As I drive up to the school building, I'm greeted by a sign, no well traffic allowed. There are several completed wells a bit further up the road, according to a map by the US Department of Energy from 2016 that I have in my hand. The proximity of the wells to the school kept me thinking about the Ervelinas, who I talked to in my last episode and sent their grandson to live with other relatives because they believe his illness was the result of the drilling near their home. Time to find out if the school officials and parents share their concerns. Principal Coons, thanks for talking to me. Can you tell me, how's the gas boom in the recent 10 years uh, affected 
everyday school life, or has it? Well, uh, over the last five to seven years, it's not really impacted much of school life. Uh, it's been, they've been very supportive in the community of efforts that we're trying to do, and, uh, and they provide donations and support, but they're really, it hasn't impacted, interfered any, in any way with, with the school operation. Okay, so what do you think the kids here at the school think about all the industrial activity in the area? Uh, my best guess is that um, you know they think it's exciting that they see new people in the community. Uh, some of them have jobs in, in local restaurants and things that they they see a little boom in business, so they're seeing those benefits. And some of their parents uh, have gotten jobs working, so I think they see it as a plus, a plus plus for the community. Do you think the students are excited for possibly working in the gas industry? Well, oh, absolutely. What, what we try to do each spring is have oil and gas classes for seniors. And what that does, if they go to a two-day course that we have here, that we get it paid through um, the extension office, they can give them a certificate where they can go to work if they're hired in the gas and oil field right away. It's like a safety type thing. And so we're providing those opportunities from some of our students, and they're very excited about it. Why is that? It's a path that they can easily take? What we try to do here at the high school is make their education relevant. So right now, oil and gas is very relevant. It's in the community. It's in the state. Uh, we've added restaurant management, which is very, um, very relevant because a lot of the kids will be working in restaurants and fast foods. So our, our job here is to prepare the students to go out into the community and work. And so with oil and gas, that's one thing we're trying to prepare them for as well as the other uh, careers. So I think as a school, we try to look down the road in the future and try to predict what they're going to need and, and try to provide those kind of things for them. So indirectly or directly, gas companies and the industry around here has helped to create more infrastructure around the school and, and uh, created a bit, little bit of positive economy for the school itself? Uh, yes, uh, the tax base, you know, everyone pays taxes. And with the oil and gas industry in, this, in the county, there's, a, there's a quite a bit more tax revenues uh, that the education department gets from. So we've been able to uh, do a few things like the, uh, the additional gymnasium out there, well, some local and state money as well as some oil and gas tax money has all come together to provide us uh, three new classrooms, a weight room, and a brand new auxiliary gym. So the, the tax base, the revenue from the oil and gas has been very positive for the county. Has there been any direct charitable payments from the gas companies around here to? Well, for, uh, for example, I don't know if you noticed when you drove up, there's a uh, outside digital electric sign. That was paid for by one of the gas companies. The gas company in question is Antero Resources, the largest gas company operating in the area. Last year, they donated 20000 to four school systems in West Virginia, including Dodgers, to help fund high school athletics. So, why, do you, why do you think they, they, they do that? Why do you think they well, go to that path? I think their goal is to be good, uh, looked at as good, outstanding members of the community. Dr. Coons says that he hasn't seen any signs of students' health being affected by the operations in the area, nor has he seen any students drop out due to sickness. But he does agree that the truck traffic has dramatically increased around the school property. Traffic has increased, oh, tenfold. But, uh, you know, with progress, you've got more people working. Uh, you've got water trucks. You've got all the, you know, 
for in the field, it takes people to work. Well, they have to get here. So there are a lot more individuals driving, uh, a lot of water trucks. Uh, it's, it's become very, um, very busy highway now, very busy. Dr. Coons feels that overall the benefits of the gas drilling in the county outweigh the potential adverse effects. For a little rural county like Doddridge, you know, 25, 30 minutes from anywhere, um, I think it's been a good boom for Doddridge County and the school system as well as the counties uh, benefited. We have a new library that was built based upon the tax revenues. So a lot of positive things and there's always going to be naysayers, a good, bad, and different. I try to look for the positive in everything. Once again, it's hard to find a common consensus of the residents regarding the gas operations in the area. Principal Kuhn says that it's very well accepted in the county. My sample size of interview is, is admittedly small, so to get a general idea about the attitude inside the county, it's helpful to look at other research in the area. One 2015 study by the journal Social Science and Medicine examined experiences and community perspectives of a sample of 13 Doddridge County residents. Many had a negative outlook on the operations in the area, citing social disruption, health deteriorations and more. A similar study of 27 residents in Doddridge and neighboring Wetzel County yielded similar results. The mass litigation lawsuit of 200 residents I mentioned earlier certainly tells a story of a widespread problem in Northwest Virginia. There have also been numerous protests against the drilling in the area and opposing community organizations created especially like the Dotridge County Watershed Association with roughly 1200 members. Then again, others have touted the economic benefits. A statewide 2016 survey of 500 West Virginians conducted on behalf of the West Virginia Oil and Natural Gas Association, 76% were in favor of building pipelines to transport natural gas to places where it can be used and sold, and 55% supported hydraulic fracturing as a method of increasing production from West Virginia natural gas wells. A certainly divisive issue. There's a lot at stake for the residents, people who need all the resources available to make a decent living. Many of the people I've spoken to are also connected in some way, as old schoolmates, neighbors and so forth. As it is a small community and most do know each other, the issue can also cause a social disruption or feuds between lifelong friends and acquaintances. It will be interesting to see how life in and out of West Union develops within the next decade as there are already signs of the gas boom slowing down as activity on drilling leases is starting to decline. But as I pass by a gas processing plant being built by the highway and rows of trucks turning into back roads in front of me, it's hard to believe that hydraulic fracturing operations are leaving this county anytime soon. For my next and last chapter, I am giving the word to the gas company employees. I want to get all sides of the matter and ask them about their experience, ideals and what they think about hydraulic fracturing discussions out there. So hop on the next episode and get a glimpse into the lives of a Mark West energy employee.
I've had uh, landowners pull guns on me, us as a group, them just hold you up point blank with a gun until the law shows up. And come with me to the headquarters of C&J Energy as I talk to a veteran sales director who's worked all across the globe for oil and gas. You know, when we had environmental things that happened, spills, things like that, we tried to clean them up, but like I said, you never had, you know, a Brunei and government officials sitting there saying, okay, now you got to take this dirt and take it to an EPA-approved landfill, you know, and make sure it's disposed properly and blah, 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 you know. We didn't have that. Thanks for listening. Music is from bandsound.com and freemusicarchive.com.